Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. such a way that you may obtain it verse 25 says and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown verse 26 therefore I run thus not with uncertainty thus I fight not as one who beats the air Verse 27 says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject, um, uh, disciplined preparation. Disciplined preparation. Disciplined preparation. So I'm back on the series, Ready, Set, Go. And my goal that the Lord has challenged me with is to make sure I got the people of God ready for the divine opportunities that are going to come your way, that are going to come your way. Uh, uh, I know some for, for this year is not, you may feel like, you know, there's not much to look forward to, but I want to tell you tonight and suggest to you that just maybe God uses a season like this to get you prepared for something big. I believe that. I believe that maybe God will use a season like this to get you prepared for something big. Maybe he needed to bring you back or bring you to a place of really relying on him and really seeking his face because there's something, a divine opportunity, a window that is to come. I want you to know tonight that it does not take perfect conditions for God to do something big. It does not take a perfect circumstance. It doesn't take a perfect condition. If you're still waiting for the conditions to get better, with everybody saying, oh, I can't wait till pandemic gets over, then let me tell you something. By the time it's over, you're not going to be ready for what God has to offer. If you're trying to get ready after this is over, I'm telling you, you're missing out on what you're going to experience or what you could experience. I'm telling you those that those who did not allow this year to take their hands off the plow, I'm telling you now that you're going to see the reward. You're going to see the reward of God in in, in this coming season. If you can just get yourself prepared, get your things in line. And so this is the the importance of this series is to share with you and the stress to us tonight, the importance of getting ourselves ready, getting ourselves prepared for those divine opportunities. Because you can miss a divine opportunity that you were not prepared for or that you didn't get yourself ready for. Because you were looking at the current circumstances. Oh, I'm in a pandemic. I don't got that much. I don't got this. I'm still waiting on hearing them back from a job. Well, while you're still waiting on all of that, why don't you get yourself prepared for other things? Get yourself prepared for what you're trying to be. Your job is nothing more than a means to something else. Are you hearing me? And so I want to show you something here that I feel to be so profound. 
All right, I want to show you something here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And so what Paul does here, the Apostle Paul is the one who wrote to the Corinthian church, all right? He wrote to this Corinthian church. The Corinthian church, you know, they think they got it all together. They, you know, the Corinthian church think they, they got it all together and different things like that. And so here, uh, Apostle Paul is writing to them, and he would um, use uh, this analogy of running a race, right? He uses this a lot with them. The reason why is because the Romans, they had games, all right? The Olympics was not the first thing that you see, right? They had different games that they used to do, and track was a thing back then. It was, it was a thing back then. Track is not new. I know Sakina's like, wow, I'm mind blown. <laughs> track is not new. It is not new. You know, track is probably one of the longest <laughs> historic sports that dates back even to the Bible days. I'm just laughing at your face right now because your face says it all. It's like, Wow, I did not know that. So track is not something new, all right? It's not something new. And them competing for, you know, gold medals and different things like that, that's not nothing new. But back then it was to wear that reef, all right? That's just the difference, all right? And in my study time, I forgot the name of it, but it was a game that was before, the, before what we know as the Olympics that they had, and I wish I could remember it, but that, but they were getting themselves prepared for, getting themselves prepared to run in the race. And he uses this analogy a lot because, as I told you before in the message, lay it aside, we are in a race. Believe it or not, you and I, our believers, are in a race. This race is called the race of faith. I'm in the race of faith. I am not competing against my fellow brother or sister. Let's get that right. Get that straight right now. I'm not competing against you, EP. I'm not competing against uh, you that are out the TCF Nation. I'm not competing against you. All right? Uh, uh, this is a unique race because in this race of faith, everyone can win if they're on the right side. All right? So there's not one sole winner in this race of faith. You get what I'm saying? You know how you run track and field and Usain Bolt, probably the all-time best runner of all time, hands down, no matter what. You didn't catch him with no PEDs or nothing like that. Usain Bolt, hands down, fastest man, you know, until somebody beats his record. All right? So you got a guy like Usain Bolt who runs in a 100-meter dash. I felt so, so bad for the Americans. I was like, anytime I knew he was running, I was like, we lost. Game's over. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> Usain Bolt's going to win again. And it's like, you know, and the brother, he would be so fast. Usain Bolt would be so fast. It's almost like he could turn around and, and taunt them while he's running. That's how fast he was going. By the time he got past a certain meter, he was just jogging. That's how bad it was when that brother hit the scene. Right? And so... When you look at your favorite athletes, ladies and gentlemen, and this is what Paul was doing, when you look at your favorite athletes or when you look at anybody who you admire or do something great, that takes time. That takes time. That takes time of preparation. But here Paul is trying to relate a, 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 spiritual, a, a spiritual discipline with a natural discipline. Does that make sense? In other words, what he's trying to do is use uh, uh, the, the analogy of a race and help the ch Corinthian church understand, like, hey, I'm in a race of, I'm in a race 
of faith. I'm in a race of faith. And so, and this race, ladies and gentlemen, is a race of faith. I'm not competing against anybody. Everybody can win, but you got to run it. Yeah. Are you hearing me? You got, you, you have to run it. And so this is not something that you can just sit back. No, you have to run your race. All right. Put in the chat and everybody in the room say, I got to run my race. I got to run my race. I got to run the race that was set out before me. All right. That's what I have to do. And so and, and so the first thing and I like what he says here in verse 24, he says, again, do you not know that those who run in a race, uh, run in a race, all run, but run receives the prize. All right. All right. And so it's saying run in such a way that you may obtain it. So run, so, and really, and when you really look at the really original language of this, because the wording of this is like run like you're in that race. Run as you're in the race in order to win. That's pretty much what it's saying, right? So run, run to, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, let me make this very clear. Paul here is not talking about, and let me make this very clear. Paul is not talking about in order for you to get to heaven, you got to do a bunch of things in order to get you there. That I want you to make you understand that this is not a works doctrine that is being preached here. This is not what Paul is saying that you got to do works and your works run in such a way. No, 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 no. This is not what he's saying. In other words, you need to live in such a way. Live in such a way. Run your race and live it in such a way, ladies and gentlemen, in order for you to obtain the prize. Are you getting what I'm saying? So live your life in such a way. Not not only for you not to, to not to get to heaven, but so that you can obtain the, the, the prizes that comes along with being here with him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. believe it or not, while heaven is our while heaven is our destination, ladies and gentlemen, there are still crowns that are laid up for you and I when we get there. And the way we obtain those crowns, ladies and gentlemen, is making the best out of what God has placed in our hands. See, when you get to heaven, you're not judged like a sinner. You are judged with your God's going to judge the believers by what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do? What were you doing with what I and, 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 uh, what, what I deposited in your hands to do? Uh, I didn't really do much. Uh, I was scared. Uh, I was fearful. Uh, I didn't think I had, I didn't think I had what the next person had. Uh, I was too busy comparing myself to everybody else. You don't care about all of that. What did you do with what I gave you? That's what he's going to ask you and I. What did you do with what I have given to you? And so I want you to run. You got to run in such a way so that you may be able to obtain that. All right? Because here it is. Everyone who run, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. So here's what Paul says. Those who you see in Rome who run those races, they're running it to, to, to obtain a perishable crown. That reef is going to die out. That stuff, well, what you gain here doesn't matter. 
Listen, your Instagram followers, that don't matter to God. Your YouTube subscribers, that don't matter to God. He said, look at that. All that is perishing. Listen, you can do one thing like that boy Ken and have all your followers gone. <laughs> Didn't think I'd do that, huh? <laughs> I watched some of that stuff. It's pretty funny. God don't care about that, man. He don't care about all of that stuff. What did you do with what I've given you? Uh, I built some YouTube subscribers, Instagram followers, had these many likes on Facebook. What does that do for me? What did you tell those subscribers? What did you give to those, what did you give to those likes? What was the content? Did you save any? Did anybody come to know Jesus? Where you just getting, where did they see you getting turned in your stories? Or was it something that, wow, you living in such a way inspired me to get my life right? What were you doing? Are you hearing me? That's what he's saying. And he says, listen, they're running because that they're running for a crown that is perishable. But ladies and gentlemen, we have so much more to gain. Eternity. That's what he's saying. That's what you have to gain is eternity. That's better than anything you and I would ever get in our lives is the gift of eternal life. So running away that you keep eternity your goal. That you keep eternity your goal. Watch this. Because, again, he says it's a perishable crown. Now let me get to where I need to go. Verse 26, therefore I run... Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air. All right. So every every step I make is purposeful. He said, I'm not running with uncertainty. No, I'm running with purpose. Every move that I make is purposeful. Every stride that I'm taking in my race is purposeful. I'm running with purpose. I'm running with a goal in mind. My question to us tonight is if I'm telling you to get yourself prepared and ready for the divine opportunities to come. Well, what is the purpose? What is the goal? When we go on this fast this week, I'm praying that God would give you a purpose concerning what you will have, what he will have you to do in 2021. Your 2021 starts now. It doesn't start when you get there. It starts now. We have to start making moves and getting ourselves in position so that by the time we get there, we're not just trying to scratch our heads. uh, I don't know what to do. No, I already got it done now. Are you hearing me? I have a plan. And so when I go into the year and when I'm start before I go in the year, I'm already running with that purpose. I'm already running with that concise, uh, 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 concise plan of moving forward. That's what I'm doing. He said, I don't run with uncertainty. Listen, you and I as believers, we do not run with uncertainty. There can be uncertain times that we're living in, but that doesn't mean that we're running with uncertainty. That's a difference. You and I run with faith. 
even in uncertain times. Nobody saw this coming like this. But guess what? Us as believers have to learn how to run through and to press through turbulent times. Are you getting what I'm saying? Though things may be turbulent for you and I, right? We don't run with the uncertainty. We run with the hope that even in turbulent times, our faith says that it looks to thee. Our faith looks to where God is. The hope of where God is, right? That's what we're looking towards, all right? And so, again, you can be living in uncertain times. Don't mean that you have to be uncertain. That's when your faith stands up. That's when your hope stands up. That's when we said we have a hope that is as the anchor of our soul. You want to know why people are falling away from Christ in this moment? And you say, I thought they were believers. I thought they were that. They were never with us because their hope was superficial. It wasn't anchored in anything. Oh, that's not true, Pastor Brandon. I really didn't believe God. But when this happened in my job, then that means you really didn't believe. Your hope wasn't truly anchored. If it was truly anchored, you can have the wind and the waves come and it can knock you down. But guess what? Your faith says, I trust God. I still believe God. The same God that gave me that job would give me a better one. The same God that was able to supply for me then can supply for me now. The same God that made room and opened up ways for me can open up a way for me now. That's the trust that we have to have. Hallelujah. That's the trust that we have to have. Listen, I'm telling you, the economy is going to look like it's going to be shaky. Hallelujah. It's going to still look like we got turbulence going on in our leadership, in our country. It's going to still look like things are going on where racial injustice and all of that is running rapid. All of that still may be seeming to go on, but guess what? We have to have a hope that is of the anchor of the soul. Are you hearing me tonight? We have to have a hope that is anchored. Your hope in God has to be more stronger and more rooted than it has ever been in your entire life. Because let me tell you, there's going to be moments where you feel like doubting God. There's going to be moments where you feel like, God, I don't know how this is going to make, make, make itself out. But guess what? There is a nevertheless in your spirit that nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But nevertheless, oh God, that oh my God, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you hearing me tonight? He says, I don't run with uncertainty. I don't run with uncertainty, nor does. And so then he moves from, watch me. Then he moves from running a race. And then he talks about boxing. He talks about boxing. He then moves in here. He says, and then he says it like this. He says, and then now they do it to obtain a pressure. Verse 26, he said, therefore I run not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. He said, my, my, when I throw a punch, right, when I'm throwing a punch, I'm, I'm punching to my target. I'm not just, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not shadow boxing. Normally, when boxers shadow box, it's for technique and moving with their footwork. He said, I'm not doing that. So when I'm fighting, I know who I'm, I'm what I'm fighting against. I'm not beating against the air. I'm not shadow boxing and missing my target. That's what people are doing. You shadow boxing, missing the target. You get what I'm saying? You not, you don't have a direct, you don't have a direct plan because you still, you got the uncertainty in your mind. You got the doubt in your mind. You got all this stuff. You missing. You hitting, bam, missing. 
He said, no, 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 no. When you fight, you got to be like my boy Tank and knock him out. You got to be like Tank. For those of you who don't know who Tank is, listen. Javante Davis. That's all I need to know. Look him up on YouTube if you don't, if you're not familiar with him. This recent fight, that man got knocked out so hard. Oh my God, I'm talking about so hard. So hard. I thought I thought he was dead. <laughs> oh my God, I thought he was dead. I thought he I thought they needed to call the ambulance for him. Because he was knocked out. He he threw a punch again. He missed his target. He missed his target. Javante black like this, uppercut, bam, Mike Tyson style, out, lights out, fight over. He said, listen, yeah, he knocked his mother cat back blue. <laughs> it was done. It was a wrap. He said, listen, I'm not, when I fight, I'm not missing my target. I'm not shadow boxing. That's what people are doing. You, you, you're running with uncertainty. And then also, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not hitting anything. You're not even making, you set a plan earlier this year. Well, the pandemic happened, Pastor. Well, what about 2019? <laughs> what about the year before? So what happens is, you know, every time you make an excuse, you know what you're doing? Shadow boxing. Every time you let fear stand in the way, you're missing your target. Every time you and I think that our way is better than God's, you're missing your target. That's every time you think that you're getting in your own thing, you missing. And you wonder why, like, God, why is this not opening up for me? Newsflash. You are not, you're not doing it in the will of God. That's what when we talked about this past Tuesday is praying and, and sometimes people pray amiss and and not understand effectual prayer because uh, and you're not praying effectively is because you're not praying the will of God. So anytime you're not praying the will of God over your life, right, because you think you you and this whole manifesting thing, right, this whole manifesting thing. And so anytime you and I, I'm going to manifest something that don't got nothing to do with the will of God, quote unquote, right, you, my friend, are praying amiss. And guess what? With praying amiss, you're missing your target. Because I'm manifesting. <laughs> oh, man, I love this new age philosophy stuff. It's very funny. And they talk about our, and they talk about our theology. That's, <laughs> that's even more crazier. Such a knee slapper. God, I'm going to manifest a Tesla, Lord. Bring it now. You see it? <laughs> It'll fuck a lot. <laughs> I just manifested it. <laughs> yeah. Lord, I got at least about 30, 40 pounds. Manifest. <laughs> ah! But here's what he says. This is what I like, and I'm coming a little close. But I discipline my body. Bring it into subjection. When we're on this fast this week, Monday to Friday, from sunup to sundown, stay away from fast foods, stay away from fried food. 
Listen, it's from sun up to sundown. This is a this is a challenge for all of us because my newfound place is now Wingstop. And so, <laughs> listen, I door dash it. Fellas, I figured out that it was only like five minutes down the street. So that cuts out a lot of the charge, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wingstop, man, let me tell you something. Their french fries, man, are made from gas. The seasoning. I'm like, what, what is this? What is this profound taste? That's what's got me in the trouble I'm in now. <laughs> so, so we're fasting to develop that discipline again. Are you hearing me? But here's what he says. You have to discipline. He said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Wow. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should not be disqualified. You know what disqualify you in the eyes of somebody? is because you're living in such a way that has no self-control, no discipline. Whereas though when you try to even talk to somebody about Christ, you're disqualified in their eyes. So many people say, I'm not a legalistic Christian. I'm a cool Christian. What does that mean? I'm a regular person. I just profess Christ. That doesn't mean I'm absent of flaws. Doesn't mean I'm not, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean I'm absent of flaws. Don't mean things don't happen in my life don't like, like you. I just know who to trust. I know I'm so bad that I need God. Right? And I'm going to live by that. I feel like sometimes Christians want to justify, like, I'm a this type of Christian. I'm a that. No, I'm a Christian. I believe God. I believe God. And I try to live my way, and I try to live my life in a way that others can see God through me. Is that absent from flaws? No. But what's the glory in it? That God could use somebody that got the flaws, but still his grace, right? His grace applied towards me. I get myself back up together and continue to pursue him. But what people do is they talk, they say those different things like that, but yet still live their lives in a way that is not like, okay, so you say you believe this. You say that you live according to this. Then you're trying to tell me about it, but it just don't make sense in your life. It's not adding up. So why would I come to the same God that you try to profess that you're telling me I need to give my life to and you just live in your way, your life in a certain type of way that doesn't that, that you have no reverence for God to the God you profess and you want me to come to him. No, Paul said, listen, I can't preach to you and tell you to come to the saving out of the Christ. Tell you to live your life in such a way that's pleasing to God, that is by faith. I can't tell you to do that, and my body and my flesh is out of control. I can't preach to you and tell you to love your wife and, uh, and don't cheat on your wife and be faithful to them if I'm out here doing the opposite. That disqualifies me. That's why I take this seriously. That's why I live my life in a certain way seriously. Because I don't want you to disqualify me in your eyes. Doesn't mean I'm absent of flaws. No, but let me, what did my pastor do with the flaw? How did he handle it? How did he get through it? 
That's the issue that we got going on now. People to admit their flaws and still stay in the flaw. And want to preach in the flaw. And justify the flaw. And blame the church for the flaw. What they had to do with it? Huh? But Paul says, listen, I got to discipline myself. Well, hey, hey, watch me. He's saying, listen, when you look at those runners, they were disciplined. They were disciplined. They had an objective. They knew they couldn't eat certain things if I want to do certain things. They knew that I could. I have to train vigorously. The idea of beating, the idea when he says I bring it into subjection has this idea in the Greek that blew my mind and said, giving himself a black eye. I was like, ooh, this is kind of, <laughs> this is, is kind of aggressive there. <laughs> this is an aggressive word. He's saying to beat yourself. He's saying I'm beating my flesh in the submission. Now let me make it very clear. Let me make this very clear. He was not doing self-harm. This is a figure of speech. Let's make this very So are you telling me I need to beat on myself faster and do affliction to me? No, I'm not telling you to do that. Some people will take that literally. So let's make it very clear. This is figuratively. He said the idea of the, in the Greek has the idea of giving a black eye to this flesh. Bringing it under submission. He said, I'm going to discipline it. I have to discipline my flesh in certain way because guess what? If I allow my flesh to get out of control, I'm going to miss out. I'm, I'm going to be disqual- disqualified, but not only disqualified to preach the gospel, but disqualified for certain opportunities because my character is not check- in check. Let me tell you something. Let me, can I be real with you tonight? You want to know why? You want to know why? You want to know why the election went the way it did? You want to know the real reason why? Character. Character. If character, I'm going to be honest with y'all. If character wasn't the way it was, right? Some people wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind have done what they've done. Vote for them. Reason why people are up in arms because of character. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, character still goes a long way. Don't let nobody tell you that, you're, listen, character can keep you in a room too. And obviously character kicks some people out as well. Just saying. At the end of the day, use that as an example. When you think yourself haughty and prideful, you get kicked out. You get kicked out. No longer there. You become fired from your position. I still think it's rigged. Like, no. <laughs> ah, it's a joke. It's a joke. He he ha ha. It's a joke. He said, I beat it into submission. Why? Because you have to learn how to discipline yourself. When you're preparing, see, God is teaching you the lesson of discipline while you're in preparation. See, when you look at your moments of preparation as if, oh, God, why I'm in here? No, there's stuff about you and I that has to be worked out before you can step through the door of opportunity. There are certain things, your procrastination, that got to get worked out now. Because when you step through that door and you're being relied upon, you got to be depend. You got to be dependable. It starts in the matter of. Tra- oh, my God. It starts in preparation. 
You don't, you don't get prepared at the race when it's time to run. You get prepared before the race. How does a believer get prepared to run in the race? Through prayer. Disciplining yourself to prayer. Disciplining yourself to the word of God. Disciplining yourself to get around a community of believers uh, that, you and, that you and them can grow together. That's how you discipline yourself. You discipline yourself by being submissive to the Holy Spirit. Not walking according to the flesh, but walking according to the spirit so that you don't have to fulfill, so that you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Listen, I got to bring it under control. You say I got to bring it under control. I got to bring it under control. I, I got to bring that into control. I got to beat it. They want to see, let me tell you something. Then the devil, this is what he does. He will send people to try you. <laughs> Listen, I miss Daniel. Daniel's back in the house, y'all. I saw Daniel back in the house. Congratulate him, TCF Nation, for his promotion. Listen, so he comes to, so, so the devil or the devil will try you with certain things and God will allow him to do so. Watch me to see if that flesh is really under control. Everybody have that one coworker or that one customer. I work at a certain place, right? And, and you know, my salvation is often in questioned. Um, it's it's often, excuse me, my salvation is always tested at my job that I work at, right? Because there are individuals on certain days, ladies and gentlemen, that wants to really go in on you over the phone. And your, your flesh man wants to say to them a certain type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Many things like they cussing you out on the phone, you know, about their payment and and all of this stuff like that. And I just want to say sometimes, well, you are the one that's behind, not me. You know, there's other things that I would like to say. Maybe if you spent your money right and don't keep up with the Joneses, maybe you would have something to pay. You know, there's different things that I would like to say <laughs> to them over the phone. There's, there's just so much I would like to say, you know, just a lot of ignorance over the phone. You know, that you, you and I made, that I, I deal with on a, on a constant basis. I had a person come in there uh, one day in the office, and I told him, I said, sir, I can't, uh, I can't take this at this moment. I, I, I can't uh, take this and stuff because we don't have the person that's there to take it. And, and this brother started going off. He started going off on me and stuff like that. Well, I said, well, God bless you. I can't do it right now, but, you know, you can come back. And so he walked out. He started, he was doing all this cuss work. You know what I did? I, you know, I, I held the door for him as he walked out. You know, the Holy Ghost restrained you. Holy Ghost restrained you. Because in my Brandon's nature, in the fallen man, the, the man that was dead wanted to rise itself and show him that there is a fire <laughs> that's on the back of this hand. That there is a 13 sheep. <laughs> Come on, watch somebody. <laughs> that was right there. But I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I, I just can't. <laughs> My love for God and money. 
<laughs> was too much for me. <laughs> and then if something happened, and then I got to explain. See, now that you're married, you're not living for, for yourself anymore. Because when I come home, I can't come home to Lady O, as y'all know, or TC, a worship leader, or TC. I can't come home to her. And, she, and I tell her, uh, uh, sweetie, I, I put a size 13 shoe and the customer, you know, after he was talking to me in a certain type of way, and, you know, I had to defend myself, and, you know, I got fired, you know, right before Christmas. <laughs> That's not going to be, my house is not going to be peaceful, you know what I'm saying? Because then there's an eight and a half that might just, whoo, swing over there. You the duck. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm telling you now, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I have to bring ourselves to the discipline and discipline in ourselves, our behavior, dis discipline in our character to get in a habit of counseling because we're in a race. We are in a race of faith, ladies and gentlemen, and God is ready to do some things in your life, and he's, and he's ready to, and he's already prepared it, but what's stopping it up at times are you. It's you and I. Because you haven't, you haven't taken the time to discipline yourself. You haven't taken the time to say, yo, I'm in this race. I have to run it. It's right there. You have to run with, a, with, a, with, a, with the goal in mind. I'm running with eternity as my future. That's where I'm running towards. And guess what? There's things that God will do for you in this lifetime, right? I'm not speaking against anything. You're going to get things in this lifetime, right? But guess what? When you die, it perishes. Guess what? But... When you're running with eternity on your goal, while you're getting things here in this lifetime, you already know I already got treasures storing up for me there. So I've lived in such a way that guess what? I've enjoyed, the, you know, I enjoyed the car, enjoyed all this stuff, can't take it with me, but I got some better things up there for me. You get what I'm saying? And I run with that mentality. You got to bring it under control. It's time for us to bring ourselves under control, not to be living out of control. We got to start being under control of the Holy Spirit and letting the Spirit work and move in such, oh my God, move in such a way in our lives where you see the incredible happens. That's what's going to make you envy. Oh my God. That's what's going to make people envy of you is when you're living in such a way that guess what? I have the Holy Spirit controlling me. And guess what? Oh, why you live by the Spirit? Because guess what? When I live by the Spirit, I'm experiencing the fruits of it. Joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. I'm experiencing love. But you don't got no man or woman. But I got the Holy Ghost. Ah, when I have him. And when I'm content with that, ladies and gentlemen, it makes a difference. Hallelujah. And guess what? When you live in such a way, ladies and gentlemen, then God, I'm not saying that this happens all the time, but when you live in your life in such a way, you don't never know what God will bring down to your door. But if you don't get yourself under control, if you don't get yourself under the, some, oh my God, the mighty hand of God, then you will never see the elevation if you can't stay under the hand of God. And so what Paul is saying is that I stayed under the hand of God. I beat myself when my wanted to get out of his hand of protection I had to beat it back in so that I can run and not be disqualified 
Hallelujah. And I'm not going to let the enemy disqualify me. I'm not disqualified. But God qualified me. Say, hey, you can run the race, Brittany. Hey, you can run the race, Jeremy. I got a race in front of you. I have not disqualified you. You were qualified before the foundation of the earth. And when you know that, then you run in such a way to say, if I stay my hand under the mighty hand of God, I will see the reward. I will see the reward. I will see the reward that those, oh my God, those who come to him, oh my God, must first believe that he is a rewarder. That he is and that he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to get yourself and beat that into submission. Because when God gives you the go ahead, when you finally get up to your marker, hallelujah. And when you hear that, oh my God, that gun go, hallelujah, and shoot. Then God will open up the door and you got what you need to run through it. Because you beat yourself under control. I've trained in such a way. I've did everything I needed to do. I was training. I was preparing for this moment. You were preparing to, oh my God, get your license and go ahead and do real estate booming. You was training and preparing at the job. Oh my God, there And that's when promotion came. The OTC, you was training and preparing. And that's why God gave you elevation over those who've been there for 15 years. Because I was doing things in the dark that you didn't see. Because I was beating myself in submission when my family and friends were saying, hey, why are you not going out? You acting funny. Because I was beating myself in submission. Because if I hanged around your crazy tail, I wouldn't be able to get to where I am now. That's why I beat myself in submission. That's why I wasn't doing what I used to do. Because I got somewhere to go. Shout hallelujah. My God in here. That's my, oh my God, that's my excuse, that's my toe. Oh my God, that's what my saying is to everybody. I got places to go, things and things to do, people to save, people that come out of the hands of darkness. I don't got time to let my light be co-mingling with you when I got other things that are on my agenda. And you're not going to make me feel bad about it either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you can benefit from my success. You can benefit from my surrender. If you see the hand of God in me, then it can work in your life too. But if you get out of yourself and give your life to Christ and submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, he can elevate you too. This ain't just for one person. This is for everybody who will come under the mighty hand of God and submit himself under them. Because when you do that, you will see the reward. When you do that, you will see how God makes ways out of no way. You'll see when it seems uncertain that God will bring you into a place of peace and calm and tranquility when you are going through what you're going through. Why? Because every time doubt wanted to rise, I beat it back down. Every time unbelief wanted to rise, I beat it back down. Every time I wanted to get out of the will of God, I beat it back down. Why? Because my hope looks to God. Because I have a prize that is not perishing. I got a prize that man can't give me. I got a prize that only God can give me. That wasn't made by human hands, but it was made by the uncreated creator who made heaven and an earth. Hallelujah. And when I get there, I want to hear him say 
well done, my good and faithful servant. Have your rest. Have your rest. I'm going to place a crown upon you. And you know what I'm going to do in return. Then I'm going to lay at his feet and cast it before him and say thank you. If you're going to do anything, the reason why I'm telling you this, I'm giving you the recipe for success. It's discipline. It's work. You got to do the work. I'm not doing the work to get to heaven. I already got that. Let's make that clear. Works are nothing more than a byproduct of your salvation. It is the fruit of your salvation. I don't do works to get me somewhere. I do works because I'm looking to obtain the crowns that are waiting for me in heaven. But guess what? The good news about all of this is that I don't got to wait to get there. That there's things that God has lined up in this lifetime that he would have that you could experience. But it takes you to be disciplined for you to get it it takes discipline it takes discipline and so my my challenge to us tonight is you have to have discipline preparation in order for you to get the reward that's my challenge to you tonight how disciplined are you in the season you are in right now if you can't honestly say that hey pastor I'm not really disciplined myself then guess what don't beat yourself up just got work to do. You get what I'm saying? Don't beat yourself up. We just got, listen, let's just switch some of our priorities and let's start getting on the priority of God. If your priorities were in wrong places, guess what? It takes one text to cancel them all. One phone call. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, y'all. But if you develop that, you will see how God takes you. And I promise you, you'll see how God takes you and really brings you into the places of some great men and women when you do that. Great opportunities. Now, with every great opportunity, you will be met with opposition. I'm telling you that now, you will be met with opposition. But you were disciplined and prepared for it in the training. You get what I'm saying? In a race, ladies and gentlemen, as I come to a close, there's sometimes when rain has happened on the track. And the track is slippery. But do you think runners run only when the track is in good condition? Huh? No. When they train, they train. When it rains, they train. And after it's done raining, they train while the... They, they also bring that alongside of their training that they train even when the track is wet. Because guess what? At race day, the conditions may not be great. 
But if I can get my footing right, while it may be slippery, if I can get myself, if I know how to prepare, if I'm prepared in the training, if I discipline myself to proper training, then I'll see what God would do in your life. If you believe that, come on, clap your hands. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.